podcast is brought to you by Tim Cole, the author of a new book entitled The Compass Solution. In podcast number 652, Greg and Tim discuss the four cardinal points essential to winning and surviving in our work environments. Those four cardinal points are personal accountability, people, process, and perspective. As Tim explains in his new book, The Compass Solution, we all need a GPS to guide us in having a successful career, and his book guides the reader to understanding what it takes to make that happen. I know anyone thinking about a new position or breaking out on their own as a free agent will love this interview with Tim. Please listen to podcast number 652 with Tim Cole. You can learn more about his book by going to www.thecompassalliance.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice and the host of Inside Personal Growth. And today joining me from Virginia is Don Green. Don hardly needs any introduction because he's been on the show three other times with books that come out of the Napoleon Hill Foundation. And he was really excited about getting me this one. And I'm excited about uh, actually doing this podcast with Don. Uh, this is official publication of Napoleon Hill Foundation, How to Own Your Own Mind uh, by Napoleon Hill, obviously the author of the biggest best-selling book, Think and Grow Rich. We will put links um, to the website for this, uh, and we'll put links to the Napoleon Hill Foundation. Uh, this will be up on the Napoleon Hill uh, Facebook page as well. So we appreciate it, Don, so much. Now, this book, Don, is, is really well done, and it's broken out into really three major areas, but one of them is creative vision. And there's a great quote right at the beginning of this book that the imagination is the workshop of man wherein is fashioned the pattern of all achievement, that the workshop of the soul herein, man's hopes and desires are made ready for material expression. You know, this whole concept around creative vision uh, and imagination. What if you were to compare and contrast the creative vision and imagination? What would Don Green say about that? Well, to me, it's honestly, it's it's one of the more it's one of the more exciting chapters to me uh, because when we talk about creative vision, we are actually plotting our route to where we want to be and not where we are. Mm-hmm. And um, and I just finished a a, a piece. Um, you know, I get asked over and over and over. People are looking for the secret, and uh, and of course he'll says to you, you know, if you read his material, it'll it'll jump out at you. And and um, I can. It's not part of this year, but but it's the subject matter. And um, the story of Earl Nightingale, which we most people have probably read. You know, born in poverty in California, where everybody around him was rich, seemed like to him he couldn't get the interest to, to life while they live. And his dad ran away from home. He's a kid. They had to move into what they call tent city. It was a place the government set up to take care of backsliding tents. And but by 17, uh, he had heard rumors that they fed you good in the Marines. And he goes in the Marine Corps. And luck would have it, he's getting good promotions. He's doing well. He ends up in a place called Pearl Harbor on the USS Arizona, and it was bombed. Over 1,100 U.S. Marines lost their life, and only a handful survived, and one of them was Earl. So when he gets out, he uh, uh, he takes uh, jobs as a 
selling ads and ended up being a radio announcer. Of course, later he's a voice of Sky King and had a wonderful voice. But he said one weekend, he was 29 years old, he found the book Think and Grow Rich. And uh, he said he read it, and he said it jumped out at him. He said it was what he had been seeking for decades. And, of course, he later made a record, the first one to a spoken record that sell a million copies. And to make the thing short, if I, someone had to pin me down to an answer is, the six words are, we become what we think about. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and uh, you know, you can write books and books and books on that. And, of course, I could, we could add a little bit to it. You can think something up, but you also got to take action on it. But that's the starting part of it, and and that seals up. And that seals uh, his writings and his and his and his speeching. It's uh, if we even go go back to the Bible and Job says that a vision my people perish. But guess what? People think about when they're in poverty. They think about poverty. Right, right. They, they're not thinking they abundance change. consciousness. No, no, no. no. And, and you and you know, um, you they can do it on certain things. You know, you can think about your vacation. People spend more time planning their vacation than they do spending their life which I never could understand. Uh, you know, they'll start, have one vacation over with a few days, and next they're discussing, well, well, do we go back to the beach? Do we go to the mountains? Do we get a condo, or do we stay in a a, a five-star hotel, or, or so forth and so on? And that becomes a part of their discussion, getting the brochures and, and studying and, and and so forth and so on, and, and until they decide on where they want to go for next year. But they don't start that on Monday morning, uh, you know what their what their day is going to be is. You know, every night I sit down and 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 take a book and I write some things as what I would like to accomplish the next day, and I try to concentrate on things that I know needs to be done. And uh, just like in the interview at twelve thirty with Greg Voss, you know, I try to uh, I try to plan. I don't just let something wait till it happens because if we're waiting till somebody to come by. That person may not show up. Right. You know, nobody's going to come by, ring your doorbell, and uh, and uh, get you off the sofa and say, "If I got a deal for you, it's not going to happen." And wh- when we're waiting, the world can be passing us by. But this book, the origination of it was, he was working for a company called Etorno. He was he was employed basically as a human resource person to. Uh, deal with the employees and listen to them. They were um, trying to organize a union and so forth, and that was the last thing that they wanted in the South. And um, he wrote these pamphlets for them to guide them on the 17 principles. He, he called them mental dynamite. And he, right. wrote, he wrote a lot about in his literature about mental dynamite. But the little well, pamphlets... This, this, and, he, and he did, and, and this book, this this particular book, How to Own Your Own Mind, is really, you know, it's this discussion that he has at points throughout the book with Andrew Carnegie and Carnegie's thinking. Um, and what particularly popped out at me as well is not only was this creative vision discussed about at length, because these are longer chapters, but they go more in depth. And then there's this interview with Andrew Carnegie in in this chapter. but he dedicated to organized thought, which is what you just talked about, dynamite, in which there are three charts explaining the concept. Now, out of all the books that I've gotten from you, I never found one more organized than this chart. It kind of brings it together. 
It starts with our motives and covers infinite intelligence and the subconscious sections of our minds. So there's a lot to this, but if you were to summarize this for our listeners, this concept of the organized thought, what would, what would you try and tell them? Because I can tell them on page 94 and 95 and 96 of this book, if you just took a picture of those three pages, it was worth this book. It was worth the book. Just those three pages. Well, I, I would just stress the, the absolute Im, Im, important uh, of the um, of the material, and uh, and of course, you know, he 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 starts off with telling us in organized thoughts about uh, a desire, and uh, and so many people don't have it. The where the child is at, boy is 12 years old and wants to play football, or the guy he wants to be an astronaut. You know, they have to have something to have a passion about. I said, I said, I can't remember everything, but I can remember the three Ps. And I would say it's purpose, passion, and persistence. And that would pretty well sum it up. But start off with, if we don't have something or another, you know, their parents can tell their children, oh, I want you to be a dentist, that's what I am. But if it's not something that the child has a passion about, oh, they may succeed, but they're not going to be happy and they're not going to truly be successful. Because you to succeed, you have to have a purpose that it's worthwhile to you, not to your parents or whatever, or a, and a and a passion for doing it, and 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 loving it so well that you're going to use persistence. I remember reading Steve Jobs' bio, and he said of all the qualities he possessed, it was persistence right. that uh, that took him took him to where he wanted to go because you have an idea. You know, you don't know all the answers. And he'll tell us over and over again, when you when you have an idea, you have a, a, a purpose, start from where you are. Most people are waiting until all the conditions right. I mean, I heard, I had a girl work for me, you know, she said she'd like to go back to school. And I said, what are you waiting on? She said, well, if I went, I'd have to still work and I'd have to go overnight and I'd be six years older than I am now. I said, well, how old would you be in six years if you don't go back to school? <laughs> she started. She started. Went from crying because she had lost a, she had lost a son, at, uh, who was a, uh, had a tragic accident in the hospital. He had a, had a case of flu, and the ministry was something down him, and he, and he went in a coma. He never woke up. He was nine years old. She was wow. basically a basket case, and I hired her out of sympathy to give her something else to do, but she needed to work. And she went from crying to life in, in a matter of moments. And I and it was real simple. I told her, I said, "Well, that's what you want to do. We'll make it real easy for you. You just well, bring me bring me your bill for your tuition. I'm gonna pay it. And I don't want to I don't want to see your grades or nothing. I know you you want what. And now she's been teaching about 20 years. And a little girl, she had a boy and a girl, and a little girl grew up. And a little girls are teaching also. And I've been invited to her class." And I believe I could handle it about one day. I've never seen so much uh, energy in all my life. But she loves what she's been doing. And, and it's been at least 20-some years. Uh, well, those are the, those, you know, number one, just uh, kudos to you because you are an inspiration to everybody. Every time I see you and I talk to you, I, I get more inspired. And I think it's just how simple you can make this stuff. I think, you know, the books themselves are awesome. And like I said to the people, if they bought this book tomorrow – and they just went to page 94, 95, and 96, pretty much get the essence of the book because it's it's summarized there in a chart. And I think charts sometimes are really good for that. You know, but well, it, it, go ahead. Oh, I 
us. It, you know, it, it, yeah, it makes a picture for us. You know, we all think in pictures. It, yeah. it, 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 it's like giving us a picture of what we uh, what we would like to do. Right. And, you know, in, in this same chapter under organized thought, which it's, it's a big, it's a long chapter, right? Uh, Hill mentions that, that all great leaders are believers. There's, there's some certain basic requirements of success in which one must believe in order to succeed. And he says some of them, and I'm just going to mention them, and then I'm going to ask you a question, are belief in the infinite intelligence or God. Belief in oneself, just like you were talking about this girl a minute ago. Belief in one's search and chosen associates, who they choose to, to be around. Believe in right over wrong, that right will prevail if one persists in believing in right. Belief in the proven laws and facts of science. Belief in the power of the mind to connect itself with the infinite intelligence and become, therefore, irresistible. Now, that's six beliefs. Can you comment on these beliefs, if you would, Don, the importance these beliefs have, have meant to you uh, and your success as a businessman or a businesswoman? You're talking to all these people out there now that are listening to this podcast. What would you say about those particular six beliefs that Hill was talking about? They're absolute necessity because if you, if you count, it's different than belief and a wish. You know, you wish something would turn out. Well, if you start at it, you're only wishing, uh, then it, you run up to an obstacle. You say, well, yeah, you know, I didn't think that'd work. My wife or my spouse, or they said it wouldn't work. I shouldn't be trying that. And uh, I guess they was right, and you just quit. But if you have a belief in it, you may not know the answers, but you believe in what you're doing. And you, I don't care if it's a, it's a light bulb or what you're working on. You, you, will, you, will stick, you will stick to it till you get the answer. And you don't have all the answers, like right. he'll said. But that's what our associates are for. That's what our friends are for. I mean, for example, I can almost fix nothing, but I guarantee you I can find somebody that can. Right. And, 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 that's, and, and that's the main thing is because he um, uh, could use that quote, no man's an island. We have to use other people. You know, the, some of the best artists in the world, Van Gogh, for example, sold one painting, I think, to his brother-in-law. He, when he died, he had over his stuff valued more than a billion dollars. He should have had a good marketing team out there promoting his material, promoting his paintings. But he died died in poverty, and yet he created all this beautiful beautiful art. Uh, like I said, worth more than a billion dollars. But he, he was he was a loner. He did it he did it all himself. I guess he might have had some old mental problems. But uh, but he never had someone assisting him because we can't get a lot done ourselves. Is right. you know you, you you know you can you can write a you can write a book. Well, you did. I've enjoyed reading your heckin' book. Uh, you can write a book, and you can put it together, and you can get it published. But you need a platform for people to sell it. You got to have friends. You got to have different social media. You have different contacts. I don't care if you go to the Qantas. I remember going to Qantas one time. We had 21 members, which I was one of them, and uh, and all of them are. But one already had bought my book, and but they did buy some. It was up close Christmas, and, and then some of them did buy some for Christmas gifts. But you know, in my wife, when I asked me one time, what do, you, what do you say? I said, it's the same message if I got one college kid in here sitting across my desk, or if it's 20000 in Vegas, it's the same message. And right. some will get it and some won't. But, mm -hmm. you know, you keep repeating the message, and you know, you know it's worked for other people, and it'll work for them. But that's the reason the belief is so important. Just say, yeah, actually, I think, 
I think, Don, what you are is you're like a farmer. Uh, most farmers, you know, they plant their seeds so that they can grow a harvest. And one thing Napoleon Hill Foundation has done and Don Green has done exceptionally well is help to plant seeds. I mean, I th it, who would have ever thought that, you know, if you go back to when all of this started, uh, that that this would still be here at the at the rate that it's growing. Um, you know, Napoleon Hill Foundation is still growing. You're still putting the message out there. Um, you know, and we're talking, you know, 80 years now, right, or more. Um, so the point is, is that I think that this is timeless information. It's timeless learnings. Um, and you guys do such a good job of it. Now, you know, Hill stated in this organized thinking chapter that thinking is based on two important fundamentals. He said inductive reasoning and deductive reasoning. Um, I'm sure our listeners probably have some idea of what that is, but can you explain what Hill was referring to here? Because he speaks about the two important principles of also habit and societal heredity. And why are those two important as well? Well, it's, uh, it's some things you just simply can't separate with uh, one and not, and not the other one. Just it's, it's the same thing with the, uh, as the as the uh, as the principles, because um, you uh, have have one of them and don't have the other one, um, uh, j just like uh, we talk about having a purpose. But then, if it's as far as you got something you have a desire for, but you also gotta you gotta have a you gotta have a you gotta have a plan uh, for uh, um, uh, what you're going to do. And inductive reason it's a it's it's. It's it basically it's unknown facts. In other words, you have an idea. Well, you could take a well. I invested in a, a cancer drug, for example, uh, that has hope. Uh, it uh, has some some maybe some thoughts that well, this has worked in this situation. Uh, maybe it'll work. And you know, they test medicine and so forth on monkeys and other animals, which uh, a lot of people object to, but. Uh, they can't do it on humans very well and get by with it. Mm -hmm. But uh, but inductive means based on assumptions. You it's not uh, it's it's not a it's not proven facts. Uh, and then deductive reason is once you get that known facts or what you what you thinks to be fa uh, facts is and use both of them uh, together um, uh, to uh, to get what you're what you're trying to trying to get done. Mm -hmm. Absolutely right. And I, and I think that, you know, as you create or grow an idea, like you were talking about, I'm working with a cancer research doctor right now. He's one of my clients and he takes, it's interesting you said that, he takes drugs from animals to humans. And, you know, we all know how long it takes the FDA to approve something. So what he does is he helps companies uh, do that much quicker because of the cost of doing it. But you're right, to get that idea and to move it forward, even to have it test um, some of these chemical compounds on animals um, takes such a long time. It's a very, very long process. But you have to be patient with that to get that get that done. Especially in the United States. I mean, uh, the one the, I won't mention it because I don't want people. I never tell someone to what to buy because even though I've invested for years, and I had a man ask me recently. Said uh, Don said, I know you're a bit of banker and so forth. Said uh, Got a little money. What would you tell me to invest in? And without hesitating, I told him the first thing that's most important of all is invest in yourself. Right. 
and the second would be your your uh, employees. I said because you know he's sitting there with a cell phone in his hand. I could have said Vodafone, AT and T, and Verizon probably wouldn't have been bad guesses, but uh, I don't do that. I think people need to learn and educate themselves and make their uh, make their uh, make their own make their own decisions. But like on that drug, I, it's, I won't mention the name. It it sounds like one I invested in, but you know it's uh, it's interesting. Um, and it's a, it's a risky venture. You know, they get approval in Cuba and China and all these other places uh, 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 pretty well e- easy and not as restrict. But if one really does work and gets approval by the FDA to, to go on the market, you know, it not only can uh, do a lot of good for a lot of people that are that uh, that need uh, that need treatment, but it also can do well, real well for the investors, though it is a risky proposition. But hey. I used to tell my wife, it's, I don't, I'm not going to plumb crazy, but you know the biggest risk in life at all is not taking no risk. Right, you right. Know, yeah, yeah. well, you know, I, better, I am not going to play for a job. You know, you don't know me. You know, I don't, I don't have that kind of background and so forth and so on. So you didn't talk, you didn't got yourself a no for your remast. You talk yourself into it, you know, right. and, and, that's, and that's what happens to so many, so many, so many people. Well, you know, there's this last chapter of, of this book, uh, How to Own Your Own Mind by Napoleon Hill, and it's around controlled attention. And it's it's really a good chapter. All, all of these chapters are great, but this one in particular, I think, uh, caught my attention. Um, it's power that is sufficient to, re- controlled attention is power sufficient to remove all the ordinary self-imposed limitations which people accept and by which they are bound throughout their lives. Um, what in your mind can you tell our listeners about controlled intention? And how does this principle really apply in everyday life to people? Because it certainly does. I guess he gives a, he gives a, uh, he gives a comparison to the military, you know, how they're, how they're organized. Um, but, but it also, you know, it's, it's, it's the mastermind. It's uh, learning to focus on what you desire. He'll tell us over and over again, keep your mind on what you want and off of what you don't want. So I guess it's tempting for people to own poverty to think nothing but poverty, but we get what we concentrate on. Like going back to them six words, we become what we think about. Mm-hmm. And um, the, uh, um, um, the being organized and what you're doing is, you know, I guess you could say steps one, two, three, it's like I, I gave a talk on a on a uh, cruise, and we were we were talking uh, talking about I was talking about like imagine your wife sending you to store and she's got she's got all these uh, things she's gonna make this fancy cake and she's got flour and uh, uh, flavoring and all these different ingredients that goes in it. You bring it home and set it out on the table. There's nothing gonna happen. You know you got to put them in the in the order and and follow directions. And, and you'll pop it in the oven and look for the result. You made a real good analogy when you talk about planting seed. So many people, uh, I remember doing a fundraiser with Zig Ziglar. He said, uh, he asked the audience, he said, did you get anything in the mail today from Sears? And of course, the answer is no. He said, well, you must not have ordered nothing. Again, <laughs> it's planting the seed, you know. If you know if you want corn, you either got to plant some seed or you got you got to exchange some money for it. you got to do something or another, you know. Corn is not going to drop in your hand. But most people they're waiting, they're waiting for the uh, for the results when they haven't planted the seeds. Uh, yeah, and we so, get, 
Greg, we get a lot of uh, questions that, uh, like you did, you picked out excellent on the chart. You know, just you could spend a few days studying that chart and say, how does this apply to what I want to do and what have you, and really concentrate on it and take notes until it becomes a part of you. But people ask me about Think and Grow Rich. I said, well, you know, and if you if you only got a few minutes, you pick up the chapter on desire, and he's give you the six steps to riches. You can apply it to anything in life, you know. You know, and the first one is he asks you, what do you most desire? And then he goes through the other ones, uh, you know, of uh, of uh, doing plans and getting started and persistence and so forth. And so uh, you, it, it, the material is simple. It, it would, is. And, you, and, you just have to apply it. And I think, what are, what are some of the ways that you would tell our listeners um, to take some of these learnings from Own Your Own Mind and actually apply them? In other words... You know, we've done podcasts on your daily journal book, Napoleon Hill's daily journal, um, you know, and all of your podcasts get lots of listens to. And I think it's because of Napoleon Hill and the name that it has and the recognition. But um, what would you tell people about, you know, we're talking about controlled attention per se, um, how to apply that every day? I would take, a, I would take some three to five cards. I would go through it and make notes on what's important and the most important. And I would use the old thing of um, repetition. If I said, Greg, what's eight times eight? You would say 64. You may not have done that thing. We learn best by repeating over and over. We learn our ABCs. We learn our multiplication table. I would stick those three or five cards in my pocket or inside my coat or somewhere where I could see it several times a day. And I would, till that message got to my subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. And and, uh, and, um, and doing that, the answers will come to us. I mean, you know, I woke up sometimes, you know, thinking, God, I didn't, when I think of that, I cut the light on and write it down because I don't want, to, I won't think I'm a dreamer or something other, forget it the next day. But we look at something other over and over. I don't care if it's a, I don't care if it's our budget or our goals or things we want to accomplish, what have you. Uh, you know, I had a running correspondence with a guy, and um, he is saying, uh, well, he believes most of it, but he sees no need to write it down. I said, well, if it works for you, you know, why not? I said, but, uh, you know, I said, uh, we write it down. It's a contract with ourselves. It simply said, Don, Greg, this is what I'm going to do. And we've made a contract ourselves. You know, people they make uh, they make goals or so forth, New Year's resolutions, and I don't know different statistics, but ninety ninety five percent of them are never carried out. But uh, they wish for them, but they didn't have a burning desire, and they didn't write it down, and they didn't look at it. You know, if if you're weighing one hundred and eighty five and your goal is one hundred and seventy, and you're it's November, and you're still weighing the same or weighing more, is uh, you know what went wrong? You should be looking at that thing. On a regular basis, and then not only that, uh, taking uh, taking some action on the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that finally, the guy, the correspondence was: I got up and I read guidepost uh, one morning when this convert, this these uh, exchanges was going back and forth. I tried not to get in a pen pal relation, but uh, the uh, I read guidepost, and the verse of the day was the was a chapter was a chapter, not a very lengthy chapter. Uh, but it's uh, a, a, a backup, H-A-B-A-K-K-U-K. I don't know what 
how you pronounce it. I think it's uh, Arabic. But anyway, verse 2-2 two, two says, write the vision and make it plain. And and I sent that to him and told him to look it up and read it. And he he, he emailed me back and said, I guess you got me. Uh, mm-hmm. So <laughs> that was some advice a couple thousand years ago. To me, is if it's imp- if it's important enough, you want to do is write the thing down. I got a I got a thing laying right here on my desk now. At the, at the, and I I sit out last night and these things I wanted to get done during the day. You can call it a do list or what you want. But if I don't get it done and get it marked off, it's on there to start the next day with. Right. It's not something. Right. Uh, it's not something I'm going to forget. But them little things that added up over a period of time makes all the difference in the world. Oh, totally. And I totally agree with you on that. I mean, I know that to-do lists, a lot of people um, kind of try and put them off. But the reality is when you have something you feel accomplished, you've gotten something done during the day. And that goes right along with this next and last question for you. You know, Hill said in the book, the following principles when assembled in the mind through a combination of thought will produce mind power that's really miraculous. And the first one is, as you mentioned, definiteness of purpose. The second one is self-discipline through control of our emotions. The third one is controlled attention. The fourth one is auto-suggestion applied to the object of one's purpose. And the fifth is the power of will actively engaged. Now, those are five principles which he states in, in the chapter that we're picking about uncontrolled um, uh, attention. Can you comment on, in particular, I think controlling one's emotions, um, the uh, the power of auto suggestion applied to your purpose, and the the power of will when actively engaged. Well, that control your emotions. Uh... You know, I'd, sometimes I re, I relate it to uh, enthusiasm. I remember I doing I was doing a uh, I was doing a uh, pretty large deal with a, a lady from a foreign country, spoke good English, and uh, and she said, uh, "Now, Mr. Green," she said, "You know what uh, uh, being enthusiastic is?" I said, uh, "You know, you got to go along with this," and I said, "Now," I called her by her name. I said, "Now you need to go back and read it again." I said, it's controlled enthusiasm. I said, I got in trouble in school. I was over-enthusiastic, but it wasn't controlled. And I said, that's the thing with our emotions. Our emotions can be deceptive to us. And uh, and while they, are, while, they are, while they are important, emotions, people can make bad decisions right. when, when their uh, emotions get out of control. They're not able to control them. They would make decisions that if they stop and thought, I mean, you you can take a random act of violence, for example. Surely, doing injury to someone or shooting someone is not worth getting locked up for thirty years. Right. You know, they simply didn't. They were angry, and one of the emotions they didn't control the emotion, and it got them in trouble. You know, it's a you know, spend one minute in haste and 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 ruin the life. You know, so some things it's uh, they need to be they need to be uh, thought out, and 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 like you said, the emotions. Uh, Motions controlled. It's 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 important yeah. because uh, we are just like in making a comment to one of our children. I hear the lady say, uh, "You uh, little idiot!" Said I, I don't know why I read you. Can you imagine what damage that do to, to a young child? Right. Even even though the child might have done something, or even the employee may do something that you don't approve of, 
It's not that you disapprove of the person; you disapprove of the act they did, and that's a whole lot of that's a whole lot of difference. But you can do things that can't be repaired. You can no, do damage, and and like you said, thoughts are things. And I think importantly, it's the thoughts that you project out to somebody, and it's the own your own mind chatter that constantly chatters about you, the one that says you're not enough. Um, and I think what the Hill Foundation does, and you do better than anything, is help people to replace those worn out old thoughts that aren't working with new thoughts um, that will assist them and creating a better life. And Don, you've been doing this for years and helping people. We appreciate having you on the show. For all of my listeners, uh, the book that you wanna get is How to Own Your Own Mind by Napoleon Hill. It's on Amazon. You can also get this in a downloadable version for your Kindle. Um, you know, this was, for a lot of you, it was locked in a vault since 1941. And these definite lessons are now organized for your thinking to attain success and this book is is very well done um so do go out and pick up a copy also go to naphill.org n-a-p-h-i-l-l.org and check out their lessons lesson plans learnings that you can purchase directly uh, from the foundation we'll put all these links on there as well as as uh, as well as a link to uh, the facebook page Don, thanks for being on Inside Personal Growth. Well, Greg, thank you. And today, right now, I got a contract for this book, licensing the rights to Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, which means there's hope for the world. And and this morning, I did a contract in Iraq, Bangkok, Iraq, on one of our books. So uh, I guess I'm an optimistic. I think it's different. And we've been doing books in Kingdom of Saudi Arabia for a long time. Uh, the book that converts for women that was the first foreign contract we did, and I see recently where they're now letting women drive cars. I mean, man, the world's coming. It's a, it's a change, and uh, there's hope for the world. I'm, uh, yep. and it's and it's content like this that gets my minds inspired and willing to change. And I think look at change in a positive way. You know, you can always look at all the negative. There's plenty of it out there, but you got to look at the positive um, of what's the all this what do you want to call it chaos is creating uh, once chaos settles down um it, it's a new world order and you're helping to create that new world order well it's my pleasure greg and i always enjoy the interview so much you you uh, uh bring about some uh terrific uh questions and i i just uh, my hope is that more and more people would continue to see the see the benefit of it uh you know they can they can create their they can create their own uh, own uh, own future uh, if they, they just get a burning desire or something. They uh, they uh, a guy yesterday told me he said, well, you don't worry, still you're not. He's 55. I said, man, I'm, I'll be 77 real quick. I've not even got started yet. Yep, said, we're, uh, yeah. we're still young. You got you know you always want to keep your intellect going as you get older in life. And yeah, that when you, when you quit you reading, young. yeah, when you quit reading and you quit learning and associating with people that's a lot smarter than you are. I said, well, you, you're you're ready for the home. That's right. You are. You might as well go chalk it up. And, and uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Don, thanks for being on the show. Uh, hang on a minute. I want to talk to you. But thanks for being on Inside Personal Growth. Always welcome. Thank you very much. This podcast is brought to you by author Jenny Lee, the author of a new book entitled Breathing Love, Meditation in Action. In Greg's interview with Jenny, 
They discuss the fact that breathing love is a spiritual guide to living love as embodied in the practice of meditation. Through Jenny's personal stories, she helps her readers understand how meditative practices can provide you with a deeper spiritual connection to yourself as well as a more authentic connection with others in your life. I hope you enjoy podcast number 654 with author Jenny Lee. If you want to learn more about the book and the author, please visit www.jennyleeyogatherapy.com. Listen to podcast number 654 to learn more about how meditation can help you to open up your true loving essence. Thank you for listening.